Welcome back in. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. We go up until 6.35 today. Red Sox baseball taking on the Blue Jays opening game of a three-game set. But it's time now for the best 15 minutes of the week. We missed them the last two weeks, uh, you know, out and about a bit. It's our guy, Tom Brennan. TB, welcome back. I missed you. It's great to be back. What a terrible, heartbreaking way to end this three-game set over the weekend, huh, for the Sox? Yeah, but Otani is the most unique player I've ever seen in baseball. He's now leading the American League in home runs and has a 210 ERA. He is incredible. He's like Babe. He's like Babe. And and our boy found that spot, the only place Trout could have dropped that ball at 0 for 18. Uh, I know. Get him off the schneid. It's just unbelievable. Uh, but- that's a crazy game. Look at you talking baseball. I thought you were over uh, baseball. Listen, hey, I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself now. I saw something that I really wanted to quiz you about. I saw Uh-oh. something on um, Federer on uh, 60 Minutes. Was okay. Tremendous. And But what jumped out at me, man, uh, a guy said to him, uh, you, you've had some unbelievable highs and unbelievable lows. I, I have to ask you, did you enjoy winning more than you hated losing? And he said, Yes, I did. I really loved winning more than I hated losing. And that jumped out at me because I felt that exact same way every day that I was at Vermont. Uh, I knew I was in a little bit of a hole when I, when I got started, but I was, you know, moored by the fact that when we won, it was euphoric. And when we lost, it was the cost of doing business. As a varsity athlete, how did you feel about those situations? I felt relieved when I won. I wasn't happy at winning. I felt relieved. But TB, I was a different case. I was really mentally I didn't I didn't get the mental side of sports until after I was done playing. I was a mental wreck. Every time I played, <laughs> every time I played, I was a nervous wreck. Every time something bad happened, I started thinking about more bad things happening and I got way in my head. I'd hit the pillow the night before and I'd think well, hey, if I walk the leadoff guy, then they're probably going to hit a two-run homer off me. I was always thinking what can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and so when things didn't go wrong, it was like, okay, great. Now I can get out of my head for a little while. So I I did it wrong. Uh-oh. Well, I was always thinking if we won, how many will we have for dinner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I wish I could have thought that way. I, I've gotten you know much, what? much. My boy, I will tell you this. I've done a survey. Uh, ever since I've been on uh, Sirius of uh, coaches, and most every one of them uh, gave gave the same response. Now I didn't talk specifically to um, Parcells, but read, of course, where he said, "Well, winning is relief, and uh, I'm happy until I get to the tunnel." And Pat Riley <laughs> said, uh, "You know, winning is relief, and losing is misery." But I I never <laughs> felt that way, and I guess it's because. You know, I was just trying to build something. I didn't have – I knew I wasn't in a, a good spot, but, you know, I, I, I knew it would come slow. But uh, so so losing was able to – I was able to just justify it rather than, <laughs> uh, than you know, be unbearable with it. Tom Brennan, former Catamount Hoops coach with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Hey, TB, Celtics tonight in the play-in game of the uh, NBA playoffs in the 7-8 game. They're taking on Washington – the way I see the Celtics is they are just a star-crossed team. Did you ever have years where you looked at it and say, like, this is just not our year? There's no need to blow it up. I can't even tell you what's wrong. It's just not our year. Yes, yes. I felt that way on, on a couple of different occasions, and it was mainly 
great because of youth, maybe because like uh, we'll have these guys coming back, you know, not we should blow them up because they're not any good or because they're not trying hard or because they're not doing what I ask them to do. It's just we're not good enough j- just yet. Uh, and that was before that was before my boy when you had to say uh, we need to get old. We need yeah. to get old, and th- and that's what we did do when we got real good. But. This is a, a strange team. It's a strange team to watch. And, you know, I've I've never been, never, never, never been a Marcus Smart guy forever. And, you know, he's in at the end of the games and all this and that. Please don't ever shoot another three. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I don't know. Star cross might be the right word. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and I heard this and it really makes sense to me. Uh, somebody said yesterday, uh, should Stevens get fired? And he said, well, you, the way you want to measure that is by saying, well, if he does get fired, will he have a job in five minutes? And mm. will, he, will it be with a, a, an opponent that's in our division? So yeah. I, I think the answer to that for sure, he'd have one in five minutes. Uh, I don't think Danny Ainge is ready to, to blow things up, but they are, my boy. Uh, and, and I hate to say it uh, because he made them so interesting, so much fun to watch. Now they're hard to watch, I think. Mm. Do you, you? – if you are the head coach and you're Brad Stevens and things are, it just feels like it's not your year. What do you do as a head coach? Well, I think you need to, you know, certainly you need to have your, your exit meetings are going to be of utmost importance. You know, where guys see themselves, where you see them, what you, and you know, you know, this guy's thinking about it every minute. Uh, he, there's not a moment that goes by where he's not worried about how we're going to make them better and how we're going to get the most out of this team. So, uh, you know, my sense would be, like I said, uh, uh, I had kids that I really had a prod more than others, but I don't even know if you can do that in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you handle that part of it. But anyway, I, I, uh, I think he's going through some hard times. There's no doubt about it. But I also think he's, uh, uh, you know, obviously been down this road before, been to two final uh, Eastern finals. So not like he's, a, you know, not like he's a clown. He knows what he's doing. He's obviously – uh, in a tough spot right now, but uh, I think you wait. And and again, Bray, not to be. I know it's a playing game as the Lakers are in tomorrow, but you know they're they're good enough. I mean, yeah. they don't appear to be good enough right now. But when we started out in the beginning of the year, you would have said, "Oh, they're good enough to cause trouble all the way to the end of the of the East." You know, I read it seemed that way. You know, I read a story today that basically said Jason Tatum is playing too selfishly. That's essentially what it came down to. And my question for you is this. You have a player that's so gifted offensively, and on one hand, they know they need to carry the load. And on the other hand, they're trying to justify what you paid them. But you also need them to play a part of a team game. So when you have a player that has expectations and thinks that they need to bring it on themselves, how do you balance them having to – probably rightfully play Superman, but also play as part of a team. Fine line, my boy. Very fine line. Let me let me make this uh, example. The night he got 50, he took so many bad shots, it appeared to me. No, I, let me check that. The night he got 50, he made so many bad shots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I couldn't believe it. And uh, uh, But that being said, you know, I think that goes with the territory in this and in, 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 uh, in your NBA, not your daddy's. And that is the stars kind of do what they want. You, you hope to gather everybody around them and, and get the best out of them. Uh, but you just kind of hope that it fits. It's a, it's a tough, tough road to hope. 
Tom Brennan, former UVM hoop coach with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. You know, we saw the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies this past week. It was really touching to see Kobe Bryant's wife talk. Did you ever have any experience, you know, seeing Kobe play in person or Tim Duncan in person or KG in person, guys who were inducted this weekend? Uh, I, I, saw, I saw Duncan. Um, we went to a uh, – we went to a couple uh, Spurs practices uh, when the Final Four was in uh, in San Antonio, mm. um, so I did see him. Uh, but he's he's the only one. Uh, I, I you know I coached Kobe's uncle, a kid named really Cox at Villanova. Yeah, huh. yeah, and I knew I knew Kobe's <clears throat> mom and dad real well. You know from my days at Villanova. Uh, Joe Jellybean was a whack job. Great, great guy. <laughs> great guy. And, uh, but a little crazy. And his wife was adorable. And, and her brother played for me at Villanova back in the early seventies. So, uh, so I had familiarity with the family and, uh, uh, and I knew about him, of course, coming out of high school, like everybody did, but, uh, never, never, never. Uh, again, he was so young, but just thought, well, okay, you know, he's pretty good, but uh, I, I didn't know he'd be Kobe. So take me now, I want to talk a little UVM basketball. At this point in the offseason, what is happening? The kids are getting ready to graduate. So what is happening now as far as kind of the timeline? When do kids stay here all summer? Do they start practicing again on July 1st? You know, in a normal non-COVID year, kind of what happens for UVM at this point? I think uh, I'm not as in in tune to that as I might be, but uh, I think what they do, they stay uh, they go to summer school. They're allowed to have so many practices during that time. Uh, I think uh, in this uh, this July 1st, those will be absolutely joyous times for everybody. I don't think there'll ever be a time when kids want to practice more uh, than then because of what uh, they had to go through last year and how badly they were shut down. But it's a, you know, they, they, it's a great thing for kids because uh, they get to go to school. And so now they – they can they can slow down their coursework or speed it up, whatever they want to do, and uh, depending on you know their their timeline, and um, so they get that out of the way. They get six nine credits, whatever it might be. Uh, they get to practice uh, x amount of times, and more importantly, get to spend time uh, with their teammates that they didn't get last year. You know, you are the ultimate Catamount fan across all sectors. UVM lacrosse was in the NCAA tournament oh! this past weekend. <laughs> How big a deal is that? Oh my God! It was. A, you know how big a deal it was. It was. It was. This is how big a deal it was. If we'd have had Jacob, yeah, we could compete for a national championship. Yeah, I mean, Jake Bernhardt sounds crazy, but it's not crazy. I mean, that guy was clearly the difference in the game. Uh, he got six goals. We couldn't do anything with him. All right, you take him out. It's a toss-up. Now maybe all around him they're somewhat better, and they were, I'm sure. But we were. We were right there. You put that guy on our team, and you're saying we can't beat Notre Dame next week. Yeah. We can't go to the Final Four. Of course we can. So to me, that was such a statement as to what uh, a job that guy and and Jake, <laughs> Jacob's brother, who is our assistant coach. You've got it reversed. Ja- Jake is Jake is the UVM assistant. Jared right. is the brother. That's what you're talking about. Right. Jared's the guy that got all the goals. Jake yes. is our guy. Yep. And. Uh, and Jake has always been known as the world's greatest cross player. I don't know if you knew that or not, but now after this weekend, <laughs> we might have to rethink that and made Jared the world's greatest wow. cross player. But but anyway, my point is the job that uh, you've how far UVM has come uh, to be able to really compete. Now again, they uh, be honest, totally honest, and never for a minute thought 
they were going to be able to climb all the way back. But I did think at times they were going to get run out of the building, and that never happened. So I was just so impressed. And then you say, okay, you take one guy, you put him on the other side, who knows what the game is. So, so that, that shows you how far our programs come, and that's exciting for all of us at UVM. Former Catamount Hoop coach Tom Brennan with us every single Tuesday here on the Brady Farkas Show. TB, look forward to having you again next week. Thanks so much. Can't wait, my boy. Always a pleasure.